111 years ago, an event occurred that affected the world. The trauma left at the shores of our consciousness in the wake of impact acts like an ancestral scar, revealing the tragedy of that day. An event that is known the world over as a very unfortunate, devastating, and sadly preventable one. Our subject today is one of the first cinematic retellings of the time leading up to what happened, the tragedy itself, and the aftermath. Released 46 years afterward, it captivated, shocked, and moved audiences internationally. Depicting the first world disaster, it has had an impact and influence that can still be felt 65 years after its debut. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, Grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a glass of Guinness from our friends in Ireland. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. highlights a historical event whose anniversary is this Saturday, April 15th. A day which will pass some people by like any other. For some, however, there will be some reflection on what occurred over 111 years ago. Before I get to our subject today, let's take a step back in time to April 10th 111 years ago. We're in Southampton, England, on a day filled with buzz and excitement. It's a brisk, slightly overcast day as we arrive at berth 44 around 1 p.m. local time. We stand amongst our peers, a crowd of approximately 100,000 strong, who have been nervously watching a launch reset after a near-disastrous collision. As the relaunch commences, a loud whistle is heard, and a band begins to play music to drum up excitement. Passengers stand at rails 100 feet in the air to try and get a glimpse of their loved ones below. As onlookers cheer and wave at those departing the shore, some, for the very first time, the energy is palpable. The largest ship ever constructed to that point in time is now leaving for its maiden journey to New York, 2,285 miles away. 
As the ship gets smaller, as it moves further away, the crowd begins to dissipate, excited to hear from their loved ones after they arrive safely six days later in New York City. Unfortunately, that ship would meet an untimely end, just 400 miles off the coast of Newfoundland on the night of April 14, 1912. The unsinkable ship, the RMS Titanic, struck an iceberg on its starboard side. Almost three hours later, the ship had sunk below the surface of the ocean. Thirteen lifeboats were lowered, carrying the only survivors. A Night to Remember is a film directed by Roy Ward Baker. The film is based on a novel of the same name, written by Walter Lord. While writing the book, Ward interviewed 63 survivors and poured days of research into what would become the final product. The producer of the film, William McQuitty, was moved by the book and bought the film rights. He had a connection to the Titanic as well, a personal one at that. An Englishman himself, he was among the 100,000 who saw the Titanic leave Southampton's shores. He had vivid memories of his father taking him to see the launch when he was a young boy, and the brevity of the tragic sinking of the legendary vessel. The subject of the Titanic was treated with great respect by all those involved in shooting the picture. They wanted to ensure that what was depicted was handled with class, care, and accuracy. They took great lengths to take care in their approach, and while filming, several survivors were on set to serve as technical advisors. There's a few stories of survivors who were on set. There's one in particular that struck me. There was a man who arrived on set with his sister. He was fit with a costume and set for filming the scene. The scene to be shot that day was part of the sinking of the vessel. Prior to filming commencing, however, one of the crew members recognized him, and he was politely asked to leave. It was the second time he had left the Titanic before its untimely descent into the depths. Another story recounts a woman who arrived on scene and climbed up to the railing before shooting. She stood by herself a while and didn't really say a word until she came to a spot along the rail where the lifeboats were and was visibly taken with emotions. She exclaimed that it was that specific spot where she stood. I can't imagine what she must have been feeling at that point in time. When the film debuted, some survivors couldn't bear to watch as the memory of that day was still too raw to relive. Understandable, 
given what they had witnessed and lived through, and those they may have lost. Given the situation and circumstances, I don't know if I would be able to watch either. Also, understandably, there were many who requested private screenings. Those who did go to theaters to see the film, however, were impressed with the film's accuracy, attention to detail, and though all found it incredibly sad and tragic, they also regarded the effort quite highly. A Night to Remember feels very different from other pictures, in that it sticks to the book it's based upon, and the event itself. As discussed earlier, it's based on a book written by Walter Lloyd. If you've never read it, it's practically a minute-by-minute account of what had occurred that night. Based on research of accounts, statements, and documents, in visually translating that narrative, Baker chose to use black-and-white photography for the effort, which feels like the right choice. The result is a more serious recounting, which toes the line between respectful and telling a gripping tale quite beautifully. There are a lot of great performances in this film, but for me there are two specifically that stand out among the others. One of those being Second Officer Lightoller, played by Kenneth Moore, and a captain played by Anthony Rushel. Both men feel very suited for the part and perfectly cast. Kenneth Moore plays the second officer with a sort of level-headedness that does well in the role throughout the film. Rushel, on the other hand, plays the captain with a sort of grave seriousness, somehow understanding what each situation needs, and being a sort of anchor in any situation. I first watched this film in it's probably 2011. I saw it on Turner Classic Movies. I didn't really know much about it by title. Night to Remember could mean a lot of different nights for a lot of different memories. But the intro that TCM did, hosted by Ben Mankiewicz, was really well done and hooked me immediately. As the movie rolled, I became more and more engrossed and moved by what I was seeing. I bought the DVD soon after that as a proud addition collection. I respect this film a lot for its dedication to handling its subject with care and accuracy. A Night to Remember lets us board the unsinkable ship with a sort of master key, with the ability to meander between the vessel's various classes and decks, something that was not allowed on the real ship. I am a sort of purist 
when it comes to movies depicting historical events, and that I like accuracy, respect, and entertainment all in one. This film has all of those traits and more, which for me make it the perfect movie on the subject. With this film, we have some character arcs and angles, but the focus is with the largest character being the RMS Titanic herself. I find this movie remarkable in its story and its execution. It's an engrossing watch which captures us and holds our attention while building tension simultaneously. Something that feels rather difficult since the outcome is already known and understood by most of the audience. Here there's no fluff, tricks, or anything to buffer time. For context into what I mean, the iceberg strikes the ship just a quarter of the way into the plot, leaving the remaining three quarters about the tragic events that unfurled between her taking on water and her ultimate submergence. Some years after I had purchased the DVD, the Criterion Collection released an updated version of the film, which I purchased again on Blu-ray. Part of that was because I loved the film and wanted a crisper, cleaner version of it. The other was for the cover art of the newer edition. Now, as you know, I'm a sucker for good cover art, and their newest release is utterly fantastic. In my personal opinion, it may be their best cover yet. They commissioned an author and award-winning illustrator whose work I really enjoy, Gregory Manchez. I find his work beautiful, and I love the way he works with texture, movement, and color. His cover for the film is phenomenal, one of my favorites in Criterion's long run of covers and posters. It's a black and white, fitting the color palette of the film. The piece has a moving aesthetic that feels perfectly placed for the film. I wish I had a full-sized poster to hang it on my wall. For me, it delivers so much emotion and haunted beauty. I think he absolutely knocked it out of the park. The Criterion Collection also released a Three Reasons on this film. They do this with a lot of movies that they release and curate. And their three reasons for watching A Night to Remember are are simple in name and on point in terms of meaning. Their three reasons to watch this film are the details, the emotion, and because it's the best Titanic movie ever made. A Night to Remember is an honorable retelling of what happened on the night of April 14th into the morning of April 15th, 1912, on the Atlantic Ocean. If you're interested in learning more about the Titanic, 
I recommend pressing play on this film and reading the novel of the same name it's based upon. I don't think you'll be disappointed in either effort. If you'd like to watch A Night to Remember for yourself, you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can find it on the Criterion channel. The Criterion channel is a service of tremendous value from our friends at the Criterion Collection. The Criterion channel offers a fantastic catalog for film enthusiasts with pricing options of $10.99 per month or $99 per year, which is what I chose to do. You can also find the making of A Night to Remember on the service as well, which is a very good watch if you're interested in learning more about either the event or how the film was made. Apart from the Criterion channel, you can also find it on Apple TV and Vudu for $3.99 to rent. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There you'll find more info about the show, and a place to submit ideas for future episodes as well. For film fans who are hearing impaired, the blog page on our website features each episode in written form as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema. Cinema.